imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, and father. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's uh? Just want to give a shout out to uh, my mom. I just want to say hi to her and uh, say uh, hope she's doing all right. And my sister, if she's ever listens to this, or any of my friends, mm-hmm. just want to say hi. God bless you. Hope you guys, are, everyone's doing good. Yes. Uh, yes. Hi, mom. How you doing? I know you always listen every episode. We love you. Um, Renee, if you listen, definitely. I love you. And, and all the friends Jason are talking about, you know, we love you. Um, so we have a returning guest, uh, who always, he's on Mount Crushmore every single episode, uh, <laughs> Gary Wayne, everybody check out his book, the Genesis six conspiracy. I bought it as soon as I uh, knew it was available, you know, and, uh, how you doing Gary Wayne? I am doing excellent and uh, so happy to be back with you today and looking forward to another riveting conversation, I hope, and uh, hopefully the audience is going to connect a few more dots and get a little more curiosity and uh, dig into things because I think we're in that period of time where we ought to start figuring things out because it's going to get very, very blurry. Yes, very much so. So today we're going to be talking about the Jesuits, guys, Jesuits, which is like to some people uh, is, is a mystery. Some people just don't know. And I think Gary Wayne, uh, I, I've listened. That's how I actually listened to you first was on um, the fourth watch when you did a Jesuit episode. And I was like, wow, I'm blown away by this gentleman's knowledge. And that was four years ago. So I could imagine the amount of stuff that you know now. So uh, I'm going to give the floor to you, Gary. I do have some questions for you as we go. Um, and I know you already know your stuff. So. Yeah, so feel free to jump in at any point in time because it's a you know it's a big story. Um, so 
Uh, and there's going to be, I'm sure, going to be some surprising things that we talk about and some questions that the audience is going to want uh, to know about. And if there's a chat room there that you're getting questions, you know, certainly feel free to, you know, pop in the, the audience questions. So I think the Jesuits is one of those really interesting stories uh, that needs to be learned. And, I, and for people who aren't familiar with my book, I, I did not put the Jesuits into the book. And I, I didn't include them for, for a reason because it's a very divisive issue. It's a fairly large issue. And I didn't want to distract from the overall theme. Yeah. But what I did do is, is I put in all of the basis for the building into who creates the Jesuit orders. And so we need to understand that sort of from that kind of beginning. And I promise for people who want information on the Jesuits is that it will be in the sequel. I will put um, a section in there. Uh, I won't do like a whole book on Jesuits, but I'll connect it in in terms of how it connects from prehistory to prophecy for for the for the new book that's going to be coming out. So we so we need to understand that the Jesuits are a Masonic organization. Um, okay. And when I'm talking about Masonic, it's a little bit more from an ancient basis, even though there are more recent contemporary organization like the Illuminati or like the Freemasons or like the Rosicrucians, but kind of sort of similar to that. One of those incredibly important organizations that are created after the fall of the Knights Templar, who yes. are the modern wedge to all of the secret societies we understand today. And it was a very centralized uh, organizational structure. I mean, they were the Royal Masons from ancient times. They were founded by Royal bloodlines and the ones that weren't physically notably as being the sons of Kings, as in the Payon and the Bouillon and Anjou from the Lorraine region, which mm -hmm. is another interesting name as you come down with the double cross of Lorraine and the Habsburg Lorraine dynasty and the King of Jer Jerusalem title that, passes on through them which is uh, you know another show in itself but yeah. um these were there were two cistercian monks and be or benedictine monks as they're also known so we need to understand that you know the templars were a organization that had a christian veneer and underneath they were like cathars and Albigensians and gnostics as we would understand them today yeah. and so were the Gnostic orders that had molded into Roman Catholicism. So whether or not you're talking about, um, as, as I mentioned, the Cistercians and the Benedictines or the Augustines, or you name the order that's in there. And even the more recent one that was created in the 1930s, Opus Dei, that's actually known in, in, in the cult as, um, you know, uh, Masonic Freemasonry for the Roman Catholic Church, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually is known as Masonic free, uh, Freemasonry or Catholic Freemasonry, I should say. And so, didn't the when, Catholics used to be forbidden from joining the Freemasons at at one point? They they were, and you would be excommunicated. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> and so, when you have that Albigensian Crusade. 
which the Templars were part of, right? Part yeah. of that religion at the core. Um, that was at a time when the Gnostic religions were teetering at getting complete control and mm -hmm. wiping out the Roman Catholic Church. So you can't have two primacy sort of religions um, that are sort of mortal enemies. One's going to win, one's going to lose. And so mm -hmm. it could have just as easily gone the other way. Yes. Um, but it didn't. And so when we look at understanding the Gnostic sort of concept, this is going to be very important when we get into talking about the, the Jesuits, but a little bit of more sort of setting the table in terms of, uh, of who, who, the, who the Jesuits are. The monastic orders are a branch of the Essenes. And a lot of people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Uh, scenes are, you know, these guys are from the Dead Sea Scrolls and they're very prophetic and they're all these good guys. Well, they're not. <laughs> so they're polytheists. They worship fallen angels. I have a great document on this. Uh, mm -hmm. I give you all of the historians on it uh, and tell you about who they were. Uh, I give you the, the biblical references so you understand who they are. And they were very much an ascetic monastic order. The first mm -hmm. monastic ascetic order in the West, that was a, a model and built upon the Eastern monast monastic orders like in India, mm. right? Like in the Buddhist temples and stuff. Mm. And so this is the organization that Freemasonry also takes their much of their organizational structure and religion back to. This is a very, very, they have, they have the same type of hand signals, the same gods, the same. And you have ascetic rituals in Masonic rituals and organizations in the secret society. So this is the group that is going to be how the monastic orders are going to be formed within the Catholic church. Mm. And at the time of the homogenization of Mithraism and Sol Invictus, and probably some Egyptian religions and maybe a few other spices put in there from polytheism into Constantine's state wide religion, which became known as Christianity, Mm -hmm. um only the roman form of christianity yes there's still this primacy going on and even though they're doing things that are going to pacify the masses it's not going to pacify the leaders of the religion and so they have to go underground yeah so what they do is is they mold themselves into first the um the roman builders guilds and they are going to uh, make themselves important and they're going to build all of the churches, whether it's in the old Romanesque style or whether or not it's in the, uh, the, the Gothic cathedral uh, style that comes back from the Templars after excavating at the Temple of Jerusalem. And so as, as we look at this, now they're, they've, they've got these Gnostic orders that are molded in, and then they start to form ascetic monastic orders that and there's almost like an endless list of them. But the Benedictines and the Cistercians become the most important ones because St. Benedict, who is going to be the leader of the, the Benedictines at the time of the formation of the Templars, he's a Cistercian monk. Yeah. And he's a Gnostic, and he's the second most important person in the Templars at that time. He writes their constitution, mm. and he uh, does a letter and an argument at the Council of Troy that gets the papal bull in 1128, 
right? Mm -hmm. And so he's also a relative of several of the uh, founding members of the Knights Templar. And, and, And he's the one who introduces the Red Cross from the ancient order of the Red Cross into the Knights Templar. And so you see this sort of wedding of its building blocks as to what's later going to form uh, into the Jesuits later. Now, the thing you need to remember about the Templars before we move into the Jesuits is that their goal was they had several agendas within the church. One was to keep the message of the bloodlines and keep that secret and keep that protected. Another thing that they did was is, is to develop the, the knowledge that they brought back out of, out of uh, Jerusalem. But they're in their constitution that they wrote um, and written down according to the monk of Rosalind. And there's a great document on this. And if people want it, I can send it to you. I've got it on a PDF. I also have a three-part series on the uh, on the uh, Jesuits that'll walk you through some of the details. I just won't have time to get into on the minutia and some of the dates and some of the organizations because there's a lot in the yeah. formation. But the point of the matter here is is that they were to create as their primary goal the New Babylon within mm. the Roman Church to prepare within the church to have that Gnostic um, religion come to a primacy, even though it was there for, you know, 600 years before, Mm -hmm. 700 years before, they wanted complete control all of the time if they could do it. But to have this universal Gnostic, what I call call global Gnosticism, set for end-time Babylon and the world government, which were the Templars' dreams. So now that... Go ahead. I feel like if you, when they, it's like they infiltrate, they subvert, they go through, and they, and 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 what you're saying is that that when they they start getting more more, uh, that that's the stuff I was trying to get to. Where how do they learn this stuff to where they instead of going through so much wars because that was all that all the all the wars that are going on over uh, Catholicism and 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 Christianity back in and and trying to push that the Romans, how did they learn to do that so secretly and, and keep their bloodlines going? And, and it was just, it's just crazy how they, how, how they do that and, and secretly and they play both sides and they play, they, they have all these, just plans, 12 moves ahead. It's like, it's like playing chess with, I'm like a kid and they're playing chess like they're, they're Bobby Fischer, you know, and, and it's yeah. weird. They're thinking 30 moves ahead and yeah. any that they make is benefits their their benefits them completely. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's if it's money, religion, because religion yeah. in the economic game as well. Yeah. Why they push for that? Because if you own the government and the religion, you have that both locked down. You're making yes, yes. And so, not only do they infiltrate uh, with these monastic orders mm-hmm. and actually get some Gnostic popes up there at times. Um, They also reset up the ancient organizational structure, as you say, not only having the kingships and control of the army, but to get their bloodlines 
into the Catholic Church. And that's uh, typically called the Black nobility. It's the smaller Black nobility, which is the same name that they'll use for the Rex Deus or Rex Deus, the kings of God, uh, bloodlines of greater Europe. Um, but typically the Black nobility is understood as the bloodlines that go back to uh, Julius Caesar and to the original families who were, you know, supplied all of the senators and were the educated elite and who, you know, and, and whose descendants later took over as Caesars, including Julius Caesar. And they take their bloodlines back to the original gods and their original Nephilim offspring or Raphaim offspring after the flood. Mm. And it's the same thing. And so you get uh, Borgia and Orsini and there's a whole list of... Like the Colonna, the far, the I guess it's the Farnese, the Medici. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, the Medici Aldo is a little bit Medini. different. They, they, the Medici kind of marry in. They're okay. kind of they kind of take their um, <laughs> bloodlines back to, um, and it may be partly Jewish, but it is also from Tyr, and as bankers coming out of Tyr and Phoenicia, mm-hmm. and then they're going to intermarry, and they come in. Oh, after let's say 1100 or so uh, AD, and become the banking arm to the Roman Catholic Church, which is you know once you reach that, you're at the pinnacle of power and 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 wealth, which is going to be another key position for the Jesuits. So it's, it's important to understand all all of that, yeah. and so they've so had more than many- Orsini Colonna. Is that, is that more than like? more like the Orsini and the Colonna family? Is that is that more? Yep, that's specifically. And the Borgia you need to be really familiar with because that name is going to come up as we uh, talk okay. more about, about the, about the Jesuits. One. Yeah, <laughs> so it's important. So as, as we move that sort of thought forward, forward, we get an event in 1188, which is called the Cutting of the Elms. This is a year after, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, 12... 1288. Uh, it's a year after Jerusalem has fallen. So you're getting sort of an internal dissatisfaction and split. And so the adepts, the, the Masonic royal families, the one who really control the, the Knights Templar at the core, you have just like it's set up today, you have the adepts and you have the people below who aren't adepts. They maybe have the bloodlines, but until you're an adept, you don't know everything, right? You're, you're fed uh, a lot of BS like everybody else is because you're not ready to, to know the real truth. Yeah. And so you get a splitting of this organization up where this organization that is called the Priory of Sion as well, which goes back to oh, yeah. um, the original <laughs> founders and the Priory of Sion, you know, they crown... Uh, the first king of Jerusalem, which is a member of the Anjou, um, and Baldwin the f- first and Baldwin the second, as, as I recall on it, and they carry that title down that, you know, went with families down through history, like the Lorraine dynasties that we were talking about from Anjou, and into the Habsburg dynasty, you get the Habsburg Lorraine, they carry the king of Jerusalem title. Today, it's with uh, King uh, Philippe of uh, Spain, who inherited it from his father, um, Juan Carlos, who uh, got it through his intermarriage and bloodlines through the Habsburg Lorraine dynasty. So it's this King of Jerusalem title, this Antichrist title 
that that bloodline is is carrying uh, but again that's another rabbit hole so <laughs> but what happens and, and i've got documents on 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 the priory of Sion that you've got historical records don't let people that's say that it job. isn't i, I can yeah. provide them if people want them and uh, the king of jerusalem was crowned on in a small priory in the rock of sion in 1118 yeah. Um, and that's, you know, part of where that whole name comes from, the Priory of Sion, and mm -hmm. is, is, is kind of like the first of those grand masters after um, de Bouillon. And, and so if we start to understand that, then we know that there's, we understand why there wasn't a lot of support for the fall of the Knights Templar in 1307. And that's when the central organization, the banking that they also had, because mm -hmm. they uh, were, for the most part, the bankers for the Vatican that the Medicis would inherit after the fall. Okay. Right? The fall of the yeah, Knights if, Templar, if, right? Right. And, okay. and so banking is going to be one of the things that they're going to want to replace down the road. And they're going to replace it with the Rothschilds outside yeah. the Vatican. And then the Jesuits are going to come into play once they reset up the Jesuits. And we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. And the Knights Templar, they um, are taken down in 1307. So they're going to decentralize so they can't take the banking, um, the education that's within the church and the whole sort of, because Protestantism hasn't come about yet, the whole Christian world. Um, and the military and all aspects uh, of things that, that, that they had controlled. So they're going to replace them with several other organizations. One of them is going to be the Rothschilds for the banking outside the church. Another one is going to be um, the Illuminati, um, who are focused on destroying Christianity and world government. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, a Templar goal. Um, you've got the Rosicrucians, uh, who we'll come back to in a second. You've got Freemasonry which is mostly, you know, an introductory organization at the bottom where you get to be first level of adept, third degree in the old system, 33rd degree in, in the Scottish, right? And look after media uh, at times, although some people say that's Illuminati, but specifically the army and government intervention is where they're working all of the time. And uh, you've also got uh, the Royal Society that looks after education outside the, the church and the development of the sciences. And that was formed by the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. And of course you have the Rosicrucians. And yeah. this, this rosy red cross order that St. Benedict had given the Templars, they're gonna keep that. And they're gonna come out as the rosy cross as an underground society after 1288. And, and again, not there for, or is it, it might be 1188, it might have that century mixed up. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I was, was going to say something too. You, you're 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 saying all these, the Rothschilds and all these different families yeah. mixed together. So I feel like this is that why, is this is why the Catholics they have the yarmulkes as well. They have the they have the fish hats because I know that goes back yep. to and everything else. And that's they, I feel like they took a whole bunch of different religions and mixed them all together. They did the best did. parts of everything, and they don't. Yeah. They don't worship anything. They just basically take they just do traditions, and that's it. And right, they, right. They, so, they, they kick the word of God out of the out of the house. 
It's it's it trips me out how they're so successful. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. like, no one sees it. It's like, man, that's the that that is the devil's side of the religion. You can see it. Like they give yeah. homage to, to to the to the Jewish side, to the yeah. Catholic side or the Christian side, and they give homage to yeah. the Babylonian so you, side. So you get the uh you know, the baby Jesus and Mary depiction as Isis and Horus as it comes out of Egyptian. You get uh, out of Mithraism, things like December 25th, which is the birth date of, of Mithra. Mm -hmm. um, it's also the Festival of Sol Invictus starting, you know, on the 21st. Um, so you get all sorts of things. You get Easter that is coming in and actually called Easter, which is goes back to Ishtar. And yeah. like you say, you get those hats that go back to Sumerian religions and Understand that Mithraism roots back to Zoroastrianism, which is the religion of Persia, right, and the Aryans and of Sumeria. So as you take that back, that's why you start to see a lot of that imagery sort of sort of come into the church. And so we need to keep that in mind that there's a lot of that idolatry stuff that came in in yeah. uh, change of the Sabbath and everything else that went along with it to the Sunday, of course, right? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to the to Saturday. Saturday, which it was supposed to be. Yeah. And so after the fall of the Knights Templar, um, you get an organization that's going to pop up alongside of Freemasonry in Scotland. And it's going to be the first rosy cross order that becomes visible. And these are made up of the, the Knights Templar who escaped to Scotland at that time uh, because Bruce has been excommunicated for killing his rival in a Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And so he's offering them protection uh, as being excommunicated. And with the St. Clairs, who are the St. Clairs, who was a battle partner of Huda Payan, uh, as that descendancy goes back, uh, ancestry goes back at the time of the Knights Templars forming. Um, these are the St. Clairs that is transliterated as the St. Clairs into Scotland, and they're going to form Freemasonry. And then the Bruce is going to set up this Rosy Cross order, especially for the adepts of those Knights Templar. And you get the first sort of formalized rosy cross order that forms in say 1323 mm. so within you know 20 years of the fall of the templars and of course they're going to be instrumental in scotland getting their independence and winning um, the war at bannockburn when the knights templar charged the field at the end of the day that the fake history says we're servants with wooden spoons and stuff just <laughs> charging the field. It's not even a good cover story. <laughs> and and so, so this is important to understand because at this point in time, starting in about 1317, 10 years after the fall of the Knights Templar, 33, which is a key number in the hierarchy of, of secret societies mm -hmm. uh, with the Council of 33 and, of course, the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite. 33 invisible ones. Understanding invisible ones is, is, uh, is a similar name and with a similar type of meaning for the other name for the Royal Society, which mm -hmm. is the Invisible College, because it was created by the invisible ones, the Rosicrucians, wow. right? Okay. And so these 33 invisible ones are going to go down and talk with the Pope and they're going to try and reinstate the Templar order within the church because they want to get influence back in because they're totally shut out in terms of the power that they had before. And so the Pope says that he'll do this, 
but he's going to put all of his own people on which was running the organization and and not any of the third of, of the 33 which pope, this, which pope is this this year uh, uh i have to double check that name i don't have it off the top of my head right now i, know, I was trying to remember too because yeah. I, I remember these times in the 1300s this yeah 1317 so just google it oh. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So, okay, keep so, going. Uh, yeah. oh, scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. I, I usually I have those names on the tip of my hands, but okay, it's ooh. okay. But anyways, um, so thirteen seventeen is is when this happens. Oh, and by the way, it is twelve eighty eight when you have the the cutting of the elms. So you know, not yeah. that long or much longer until the Templars are are, are destroyed in thirteen oh seven. So. This, this deal doesn't happen. And so the invisible ones, they have to go underground. Of course, these are royal masons. These are sons of kings. These are the ones who are leading uh, you know, Gnostic Europe. And so they're going to continue with this Rosicrucian order. And it's going to, at a point in time, evolve into a different order because the 33 is going to go up the ladder. They're going to have more families come along. So they're going to have the, uh, the committee of 300 families below the 33. Yeah. And of course, you have the 13 families above the 33. And then you're going to have the Rosicrucians, which is 50% pure blood at the top. 50% of ones that have come up through the ranks through Freemasonry, Rosicrucian, and, uh, and Illuminati, with Illuminati being below uh, the Rosicrucians. And so they're going to look for an opportunity then to get back into the Catholic Church in a way where they can have more control. And understand you st they've still got control over the Knights of St. John, which is important to understand. But it, they have a different agenda than they want for the Templars. And the Knights of St. John will have set up uh, in, in Switzerland uh, in the 1100s. And they have the White Cross, which is why the Swiss have the White Cross on their, on their, um, on their flag. And they actually start some banking routes there. And yeah. the money from the Knights Templar goes to Switzerland. Wow. Okay, so a lot of it, not like, all, but a lot of it does. That's why their bank is like that, where it's like like the Swiss bank where everybody could put money in. It's kind of like the Vatican bank. It's the same type of deal, right? Where you can yes. you know, hide your money, basically. Yep. Or they're just going to keep, I can't remember what it's called. There's a, there's a certain word for it. Under it. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. That's, that's one way of putting it. Keep them on the islands. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's what it is. You keep your money in the kingdom, so you don't you don't get you don't get your tax evasion. <laughs> so in 1307, the king of France or the king of Spain, I'm sorry, what he does is is he forms uh, an order called the Montessa Order, uh, which is again a, a royal Masonic order, and that's formed to seize the assets of. The Templars in Spain and it's going to happen in a similar way in Portugal and in some other locations because they don't want the Roman church to get it. Now this is an important order to remember in the formation of the of the Jesuits and this is 1307 and so in about 1523 you have Ignatius of Loyola come onto the scene. And he's getting visions of Mary. And he's being put on a mission by this vision of the Mother Mary 
um, who is saying that you're going to be a soldier of Christ and that you are going to do your work within the church to take it back to what it's supposed to be to bring about this new Babylon. Mm. So right. Good question. So he was also part of a secret society before he made the Jesuits. They were called the uh, Alumbrados. Have you heard of that? I have. Yeah. Yeah, So so he he did have some mysticism and some, some uh, secret society influence before he, Oh, sig- significant amount of that mm-hmm. and so understand that you know the whole group of uh, original founders of the of the jesuits um, were educated in the university i think a bibliotheque in paris and yeah. and they were uh they formed that were part of that secret society then and they were studying the seven liberal arts but taking it to a completely different level and so they they're going to walk out of their education and they're going to start the the jesuit order and they're going to view the complete bible and biblical doctrine through the seven liberal arts the seven sacred sciences that were created by enoch son of cain to do four things (laughs) one is to lead people away from god yeah two is not is to not give god credit for anything three is is to um degrade god four is to honor their pantheon of gods and so this is how they're going to interpret everything that's that that's in the bible in in their order and they're going to create a mystical society within the order and it's going to have your depths it's going to have your lower level ones you've got that class society only the adepts know the true belief systems and they but anyways i get i I get ahead of myself in terms of of where we are and this and this fledgling um society um is going to be helped out by a fellow who has the last name borgia (laughs) okay who (laughs) is the grand master of the Montessa order. And this is of the bloodline of the Borgia of the popes. And there's been two or three Borgia popes before that. And he is established in that order by the King of Spain. And so he's going to fund and they're going to be sponsoring along with the King of Spain, the Jesuit order. Mm. And so by uh, 1537, they're applying for an official um, papal bull and they're going to get the Jesuit order established. And this Jesuit order is what they call the new Templars within their, their organization in terms of who, who they base themselves off to be finally got back are replacing the old Templars. Right. They finally and, got back into the church. Basically they're like, right. Now we're finally back in. Okay. Go ahead. And, and they initially get control over all education and then they get con- uh, control over the seminary schools. And then by 1570, they are taking over the bank in Rome. Wow. And, it, and it's all got to do with the working of, of, of the King of Spain to bankrupt Rome to get control of, of, of the bank. And then they're going to move that over to Switzerland, right? So wow. that it's all now everything except for the Rothschilds Bank at that time, which is the banking outside of 
of the church. Of course, they're located there now too. So you've got them all in Switzerland and they're all controlled by, by the same people. But by 1570, when all of this happens, guess who becomes the third grand master of the Jesuits? Borgia does. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now they've got complete control over all of this, just like the Templars did. And th they wreaked havoc in a significant way all throughout their history. They were on the edge of exploration and promoters of going into the new world. They were controlling all the things that they found and um, being in absolute control uh, of the bank and everything all the way through. And they're being guided through a lot of merry apparitions that are also part of this whole cult, uh, which is a big part of it today. Um, but unfortunately, they, they get uh, taken down because they, they get too much control and they start to rebel against the Masonic bloodlines, the, the royal bloodlines. And so, uh, but by the 1880s, they're back in power again. So 1773 is when they were abolished. That's who you're talking about? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yep. So so then we got 1776, the Illuminati starts, right? The, uh, yep. uh, so Adam Weissup, the Bavarian Illuminati starts. Uh, do you believe that um, that was like the Jesuits just reforming into the Illuminati? Because I know he was Jesuit. Uh, he went to a Jesuit school. He, he was His dad was actually a professor there. Um, do you believe that they just got abolished and then they just restarted under this Illuminati name? No, no. I think I think the Illuminati has its own history. Okay, you know, so it starts to be yeah, and okay. and has their own goals. And actually, go back to the 1500s and it begins with Galileo, and then it moves yeah. out over into Germany, and then okay. then forward from there. there some rumors, but, there some rumors of that. That's why I was wanting, trying to. Well, a lot of people think that the Jesuits control Freemasonry. Yes. And and there is an interaction between the organizations. And as, as Freemasonry in their history uh, indicates, is that in the beginning, after the creation of the Jesuits, they were working together once Borgia had taken over. But the Jesuits were trying to become too powerful within the Masonic organizations. And they had their own specific agenda they were assigned because they answer up the the secret society role into the committee of 300 as we would understand it today and right. into the italian bloodlines are there and then into the 33 and into the 13 above that right yeah. and so they were expelled from freemasonry and and the illuminati um at that time because they needed to be free to do their agendas and not to be dominated by the jesuits so they had to do a split so they're they were working together, but there was kind of like an internal control battle and, 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 they, and they split away. And that's because each of those groups have their own agenda, right? Yeah. To prepare yes. for the end time, what they need to, to, to work on. So these are the new Templars that were established by the Rosicrucians, which are that organizational stru uh, structure that has 50% free uh, pure bloods at the top that connect into the committee of 300 above and you've got the jesuits intersecting like a branch into it into, into those black nobility families which is why it's important to understand those black nobility families and mm -hmm. that they've got control of all of the catholic banking even to this day 
And then, then when they were reformed, there are these, all of these subsequent Mary apparitions that will come along afterwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like different. Yeah. Okay. So 1814, the Jesuits were reestablished, right? Is that, is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. So, so now we're, we're up to 1814. Okay. So Pope, uh, Pope is the seventh, guys. If uh, if you guys don't know who reestablished the Jesuits, eighteen fourteen. Yeah. Okay. If you re- if you read the Bible, Mary didn't visit anybody. Mary never visited <laughs> anybody. She yeah. just ominous. She can't travel through time. She does. She, she and she would be very. I think if she was alive today, she'd yeah. be ashamed that you're more that yeah. they, they do this to her. Well, well yeah, they would be. And this, and this is not Mary. So we need, everybody yeah. needs to know that. It's probably, yeah. you know, a demonic spirit and a mother goddess mm. sort of, um, of in individuals. So the, the, by the 1880s, the Jesuits are going to be, by papal bull, be reinstated to the full authority level that they had before. Okay. So they, they're reformed in 1814, but yeah. with very little power. They're just sort of reestablished, but they'd be... Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, you get the Mary apparitions that are uh, going to be happening that is going to work hand in hand with the Jesuit order because they're basically being, um, you know, instructed by Mary apparitions as, as well. And that it's a very important part uh, of, the, of the Jesuit order. So when we look at you know, the Fatima and the Lord's apparitions. This is kind of what I'm referring to. And as the Mary apparitions become more important to the Catholic Church, the more powerful the Jesuits even become. Mm. And then by the late 60s, they start to adopt all of the social masonry policy that is external, which they've always had from before. And then today you have a Jesuit uh, Pope, who yeah. has fully recognized the apparitions, well, not all of the apparitions, but a lot of the apparitions of Mary that, that, took, full, that took place in Medjugorje, that initiated six uh, children who, who were um, seeing the apparition, and she taught them and has prepared them and has had a certain date for when they are going to come out. My, going to protect, my wife going to, and her father talk about this a lot. They always yeah. this up, and then because they're they're Catholic, and they always I'm like that's not real. <laughs> She's like, yes, it is. It's 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 the Fatima, all this stuff. I'm like, no, oh yeah, I'm yeah. Like, and <laughs> but and understand that I think we might want to anticipate that these six are going to return. They yeah. are going to make in their commission ten apocalyptic prophecies starting one and then another and after each one comes to pass they're going to be saying if you do not just as they say before if you do not convert to the one true religion you're going to be destroyed from the face of the earth so these false prophets are going to be coming out these are going to be contrived apocalyptic events which is how they can do it and yeah. which is, I think, the, the, the sorrows uh, that, is, that are talked about in Matthew 24, the beginning of sorrows, the birth pangs are all contrived. Yeah. Of course, you can do false flags. You can make, they can, they can make it happen, you know, and, and they can say it's going to happen and then make it happen. They can make earthquakes. They can make tornadoes. Yeah. They can make the weather change right now. There's, 
It's crazy, but well, look, uh, also, when, they made, when when America started, when they started opening up the borders back back in uh, the seventeen seventy six, like when they when the borders were basically accepted everybody here, they saw they saw a chance. Hey, look, we can flood our our Roman Catholic, just get as many Roman Catholics over there, get, get Irish Christian Irish Catholics, you know, get them yep. flood it, flood it, flood it, because they knew that they vote. If, if you vote, you get you you could you could change laws very easily by using and, and that's the thing that that's the tactics i was thinking man i'm like wow how the things they teach down the lines on how to control a nation control people keep them keep your people up always up here and then and the other lower class people always down yep. here it's a it's a weird battle because i don't think we're meant for this i'm not i don't yep. think our i don't think you gary or josh or anybody in our in, in is as a true human being is meant to be working a nine to five and pushing your, you know, and, and constantly listening to the media telling you that you need to be working and, and, and buying stuff to, to, to survive. And then when it's all right there, it's crazy to me that how they, how they control everything. Yeah, they do. They, they, they continually to reimpose their class system of the four classes. And it's an organizational structure that's all around the world. And, you know, we're, we're not known as the slave class today, but that's how they'd like to, you know, get us right back to, and they're continuing to always try and do it. So, you know, what's happened in the West is, you know, help sort of bring things along to get to a point where they want to get it to, but they're going to have to get rid of the middle class because. Yeah, that's about to, that's what I was about to say. Yep. Yeah. Sure. And it's important to understand as well, when we talk about, the Jesuits is that they have control today over the Knights of St. John as well, which is, has basically nation status and observer status at the UN. It was made up of all uh, at, the, at the top levels, sons of kings and princes. And that's what it takes to, to, to be in there. And they were kind of independent until Francis mm -hmm. took over. And a couple of years ago, he, he got control of, of both, both of those. Wow. And so their job is, is to make Catholicism the true universal religion, as Catholicism means universal. Um, they want that as the new Babylon. And yeah. so they're working hard to cross over into uh, the World Council of Churches to unite Christianity. Um, they're working with the Abraham Covenants to... Yeah. Um, to uh, bring about the, 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 the bringing back of Judaism and Islam and mm -hmm. Roman Catholicism into this sort of greater monotheistic. And they're going to continue to change doctrine in a way that's not Christian in any sort of manner and look for a continued march towards the allegorical interpretation, yeah, more uh, which is the mystical. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. It's like a, it's more of a works base. It's not like we're saved by faith through grace, not by works, so that no man shall boast. But it's like almost like a works based religion, you know. So the more works yes. you do, you can buy yourself out of, uh, you can buy yourself out of purgatory, uh, yes. just a whole bunch of stuff. That's yeah. Um, yeah. You have to you have to dismiss and degrade faith and replace it with reason and yeah. works, and and that's their belief is reason over faith. Um, and it's done through the lens of polytheism, through the lens of Gnosticism, through the lens of the seven yeah. sacred sciences, and that 
they have they go they'll have to redefine everything in the bible as allegorical and to understand it you need to be an adept and so the resur- they're going to de-deify jesus they're going to bring out false evidence they're going to position jesus as me as being a prophet but a mortal prophet yeah um and they need to do this because they believe uh we'll see whether they actually get it done i think you know you can make a good case there's going to be rivals for who's going to bring about this universal religion but this is certainly their aspect their plan that they've been planning for millennia Mm -hmm. and to set up rome as babylon city yeah right yes that's interesting yeah so that's the one world government uh, or the one world religion that's in the Bible, right? In Revelation, basically, right? They're trying to become that religion, right? The universal religion for everybody to come to. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that this will be the religion that of their false prophets and their prophets of doom um, mm-hmm. are going to have people to convert. And if you have terrific catastrophes, you can get people to convert and people mm-hmm. will start to listen to what they're saying <laughs> and saying, hey, People have screwed up all the knowledge in the world, all of the religions in the world. It's all one religion, and it's going to go back to that ancient Enochian mysticism that the Essenes um, reveled in. And so, when they when they when they revered Enoch, it wasn't Enoch son of Seth; it was Enoch son of Cain. Yeah. So, what the people don't know is they have the seven sacred sciences, all this mysticism, all this uh, secret society knowledge. And they have the, they're trying to bring in this, the religion knowledge, but the people that are not woke to all this stuff, to the Jesuits and all this, they don't, they don't know about that part. They just know about the Catholic part. They're using Jesus Christ as the front and Mary as the front of all this. So you're, they're using that, that, that religion of that, that true religion or not religion, but because Jesus Christ was not religion at all. But I'm saying is that they spread, they're using the spreading it like a disease with but using the names to represent false 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 deities which is yes which yeah. is where'd you learn this stuff man's not this they're not this from nimrod bro come on g they're not this smart you know what i'm saying like <laughs> don't 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 just sit around and plan this stuff so they're taught through down the lines and yes. it, that's it's not fair. They know that God exists. They know they, they know that he exists. Then They must yes. know because they're battling with him every day. Sure. Well, but you have to remember in Gnosticism, they do recognize the God of the Bible, but they but recognize they him. The bad guy. At, they think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they call him the bad guy and he's no yeah. more powerful than Satan. Yes. He's one of the angels that was created by Sophia that went yeah. rogue. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's part of that dualistic religion. You have good versus evil going on all of the time. And that's why they lower degrade God to just being another angel. And that he's a narcissist and says, yeah. you know, at Rogan said, worship me, I'm the only one. And they're going, no, Sophia created seven of us. And yeah. that's kind of where, where their belief system sort of uh, that, like, goes to. That God is like, uh, doesn't have any parents. Are you like, for, like, the our god that we worship yeah. doesn't have any parents right and he's just out there like putting us in a realm and and not giving us any knowledge doesn't want us to have any fun you know that the way that they look at it is that satan was the one that's like hey i want to give you the knowledge i want to make you guys happy yep. you know like so they totally make it like like lucifer is the good god and then our god that we worship is the bad god so it's just yeah so total- the fault yeah 
Well, so the fallen, fallen angels and the demons, they lie to the people on earth. They say you can win. Yeah. And you can, we can win a us. realm on our own, just as yeah. Satan was trying to do. So if you look at some of the movies like you know, Dr. Strange really yeah. represents that allegory that we're talking about, that you got this well, evil matrix. dark lord of the universe, right? Yeah. Which yeah. Is, is to them is the God of the Bible. And yeah. that all of these beings, the magi and all the interportaling and knowledge that they have is trying to win not the war, but a treaty so that Earth can be this one separate place in all of the universe where it's not overseen and run by this dark lord of the universe that they call the God of the Bible. And that's, yeah. what, that's what they've misled their, their people to, to believe. And so we need to understand that this end time religion, uh, and you're talking about Nimrod. Yeah. I mean... The Babylon religion that's talked about in Revelation goes back to the Greek word and the Hebrew word Babel, from which yeah. Babylon derives from. This is the religion that Nimrod instituted as an archetypical antichrist figure at Babel, right? The mm -hmm. religion that crossed the flood, the Enochian mysticism that, according to the Gnostics and the Hermes, or the Gnostics and the secret societies that Hermes found and, and gave to Nimrod and it's designed to bring about an antichrist figure which is what what happens and so it's a city we need to understand it's a city and it's yeah. an organization it's a political organization because it rides the seven empires it yeah. is a um, a commercial entity mm -hmm. because it it grows rich and wealthy just as the merchants who are working with Babylon. So it's probably going to take a tribute or a percentage of every electronic transfer that's going to take place. And it's going to set up the beast system for the Antichrist. And of course, it's a universal religion who sits on many waters. Yeah. That's also talked about. And when you get into the words mystery Babylon, Mysterion, or all of the allegories of prostitution and harlots and adultery, those are all allegories out of the Old Testament about the polytheist religions and the daughters of Babylon. So this is that new Babylon that they're going to try and establish on the seven hills and their seven kings. And the seven kings are the seven past empires. But not either or, as some people say. It says seven hills and seven kings is what, what it represents. And so that's going to be um, on the seven hills of ancient Rome. Um, and what's interesting is one of those hills is Palatine Hill. Mm -hmm. um, and there's uh, another hill that's outside the seven that's called Vatican Hill. And the Palatine Mountain had a temple uh, of the Sibylline uh, mysticism and the oracles and Vatican Hill had another temple of that part of polytheism that um, was a branch of the Palatine Hill. So you expect that it's going to be right within that old city of Rome created by Romulus and Remus, two Nephilim or Rephaim type characters after the flood and that it's going to be within that sort of smaller area because the Vatican Hill is, is, is outside the, those old city walls. Robbie, didn't they suck off the wolf or something like that, wasn't it? I, yeah. Yeah, they were like sucking out the tit of the wolf. Yeah, they're like twin brothers. That's crazy. I, I Man, that's I haven't heard that story in a long time or even heard those two names in a very long time. Yeah. 
pretty cool, man. I, 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 that's, that's, I didn't know that. Right on. So, so what, what you see happening within the church with the Jesuits is a social masonry that they're establishing, right? And they're very much a socialistic, environmentalist type of nature religion that's developing that's going to take take over and that's going to match up well with what they've done elsewhere around the world with all the other secret societies and masonic royal masonic orders is that they want to have a world government that's socialistic right yeah, yeah. so that they can you know get it back to the only the elite and the oligarchs so it's going to be national socialism on a globalist scale um, where you've got oligarchs, the bloodlines and the wealthy running all of the major companies. So, and so you've got that upper class and then you've got the priest class, which is all bloodlines as well, as we talked about, like with the black nobility, like your, your senior and the Julian bloodlines that, that feed that. And then you're going to have a very, very small entrepreneurial merchant class just as what you would have seen in the time of the french revolution right you've got a very very small merchant class and then you've got the poor and the slaves they got money but not like a lot of money like these yeah of them have just tons of money they have all of yeah. them. Right? yeah yeah that, what's they love it that's what they yeah. want they want to hoard all the wealth man all these all these elite disgustos just want to hoard all the wealth so yeah it makes sense so, so we need to understand that where the Jesuits fit in, in that sort of hierarchical order. So they're one of the groups that were formed to replace the Knights Templar. And they're known, known as the New Templars. And they've got control of the banking. So you're going to be able, they've got all the banking that they can consolidate now um, and have been. And that's why we start to see more of a global type of bank starting to happen. Yeah. And uh, countries that fight against that amazingly <laughs> get some sort of invasion, usually by the U.S. So yeah, that so they... that's going to be like Libya. That's going to be like Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, and also yeah. Korea. All those company, all those countries that we we happen to just we have to be fighting all the time or invading, you know. So, well, the ones that didn't have reserve, the ones who yeah. didn't set up reserve banks, right? Yeah. So Afghanistan is now on the Federal Bank Reserve. Now they're on the yes. Federal Reserve now. Yep. Uh, Libya, they are now too. So all we have is North Korea now, um, and I think Iran. I think that's the two that, that they still have to uh, conquer. Yes. I guess. Yeah. We'll see it that way. But they virtually have that in their control. Yes. And, you know, through the seminary yeah. schools um, within the Catholic Church and through the Gnostics doing the same thing in Protestant churches and getting control of the seminary schools, they don't teach prehistory, they don't teach prophecy anymore. Yeah. And everything is becoming interpretive in the approach. And, and it's not a literal accuracy to the Bible. So they're well on their way to moving things along. So they're actually fulfilling what was written into the secret const, uh, constitution, according to Ronsolin. And, and I've got that document if people want it. It's kind of boring, but there's some interesting parts in there, uh, like, the, like the new Babylon. So this is who the Jesuits are. And uh, they are a, a polytheist. Cult I think I think that what Roman should Church. happen, what I think should happen is before people go into seminary school or people that have already graduated from seminary school, I think they need to take a course on the Jesuits to find out that yeah. 
what is happening because they're being infiltrated. Uh, certain words, uh, key words that uh, some pastors will use, they stay away from. They'll read the King James Version all the time, right? So they'll always stick to the King James Version in some cases. So you're like, all right, cool. They're, they're on track. But like words like, uh, which I know you're not a flat earther, but words like firmament or words yep. like, uh, like if you read uh, Job, it talks about in the earth, like the, the yep. devil's talking about coming, going to and fro in the earth and, and yep. on the earth, right? Yep. There's certain things they stay away from saying, they won't even say it because they're, they're like, oh, that's, that's like saying that, you know, the devil's in yep. the earth, right? Yeah. Well, you don't have to be a proponent of flat earth to understand that there's a Sheol, there's a Hades, there's a yes. underworld, the that's earth. all the same place in the earth, could be in another dimension, but could be. occupying could be. the same space, right? Just as the abyss yes. is probably in another dimension. There is a firmament, that's everything from the sun inwards. I mean, heaven is made up in the Bible of three categories. One yes. is, is the firmament, which is created yes. in, 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 if you're a, a renewal of the earth um, proponent, which would be created in the six days, and, and the firmament is called heaven. And also in the definition, it's all of the universe outside the firmament. Yeah. And then there's the a heaven that God abides in with uh, the loyal angels. So um, is there water you, above the firmament? Well, there probably is in because what you're doing is you're separating the waters yeah. to create the firmament. Yeah. yeah. Which had collapsed is, is the in firmament hard or is, do you think it's solid or do you think it's just, it's just uh, they're talking about the expanse. Yeah. I think we're talking about the expanse, but it has some okay. sort of dynamic to it. Or Josh, you I'm always, just asking Gary. I have to <laughs> stay away from it for one show. There is a firmament. <laughs> I'm asking Gary because Gary is a really good dude because I respect your, his research, bro. And I know that I know like, I've, I've listened to, I've listened to so many things of Gary, like literally I've listened to so many. You can't even stay away. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's go back to the Jesuits. Okay, back to the Jesuits. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gary. So what do you? It's like you're trying to push. You're trying to you're trying to push the religion no. on the Gary. Gary's no. Like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. My whole point. My Black whole point was the Jesuit seminary school. Like, uh, they, you know that. They are infiltrating it, and they're making it so that pastors stay away from certain things. And they, they, they do. They do. Before that time, they taught, but Galileo taught that it wasn't that way. So that he, so Galileo kind of infiltrated science that way and made it. So who knows what the world? Who knows if it's flat or not? Who knows about? <laughs> We'll find out when we get there, right? Gary now. is open to it. Gary yeah, said on tinfoil hat, I'm open to it, but I'm not. But I feels like it is a sphere. But anyways, yeah, but okay. it's a sphere. But it does, it could be it could be a flat sphere. Who knows? <laughs> I know. Who knows? You gotta you gotta look into maps and get into stuff like that. But Gary, that was funny though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Jesuits. We're we're, get, we're coming down about ten or fifteen minutes before we have to close. So go ahead, guys. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> So the, the Jesuits, as I say, they, they are, they report up the ladder. They don't control all of the secret societies. That's one of the main things. They take their orders from the black nobility, Rex Deus, the, the, the original families. And they are doing, I think, a very good job of preparing for that complete takeover at the, at the set time. So look for more 
doctrinal change and more allegory to continue to come out. I mean, he has replaced um, the conservative um, doctrinists that would be in charge. And so he's replaced that individual, I think about a year and a half or so ago with another Jesuit. Um, mm -hmm. Also keep in mind, he's not, he's not antichrist this pope he's not even the false prophet he may be the last pope um you know it, nostradamus mm -hmm. was a rosicrucian uh -huh. and uh he predicted that. prophecy yeah and he predicted the three antichrists uh one being napoleon one the other one being hitler as it turns out and then the real one that's going to come he also talked about the last pope was going to be the black pope now i don't put my yeah, faith in in this. them but the black pope everybody thought would be in that skin color well yeah. the leader of the jesuits is called the black pope the leader yeah. of the vatican is the white pope so now we have a black it's pope that is he's he's a jesuit and he's the leader of the vatican and has that yeah. sort of all consolidated I think it's his job to prepare the way for Babylon and the false prophet to come along mm. that will make the way of Antichrist. He's he's like covering a lot of different boundaries, you know, like uh, he knows the I think he knows the the Jesuit uh, uh, secret scientists and all that. And then he knows he does. That, yes, both sides. So that's a great. Uh, yeah, I think he is preparing the way. That's that's a that's a pretty good way of looking at it. Definitely, people were thinking, oh, he's the black pope and white pope mix. He's antichrist. It's over. <laughs> They're already ready to throw yeah. it up the book, you know. But well, and you know. and if and if people understand prophecy well, uh, then they'll understand that antichrist. After the ten kings have given him his power, they destroy Babylon, and mm -hmm. then and then it becomes replaced with a religion of worshiping him and Satan. Uh, yeah. And a God, as Daniel 11 talks about that, the, you know, their forefathers didn't know. Um, and so Babylon is going to be removed and that and, and Antichrist will make his home with the abomination as being the center of that religion. And so, insulation, yeah, okay. yeah. So and, and, and as you know, Second Thessalonians 2, 4 talks about. So yeah. we have to understand that. Babylon is making the platform for Antichrist so that Antichrist doesn't have to take the world by war. Yes. He right? just comes he, in smooth, right? Comes he comes in smooth, smooth and takes Everybody... credit and takes yeah, yeah, credit yeah. for the Gog War. So he has his own Armageddon that he comes in to offer peace and safety in yeah. his reign, which will probably last for a year or so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's and that's getting into the end times. And I know that your next book is going to be on a lot of that, right? A lot of prophecy, right? Yes. Uh, it, um, you know, just uh, having so much fun in writing it. I'd have to be careful. I, I don't want it to be longer <laughs> than the first book. Um, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, over, on I'm, over, I'm over 50, over 50 chapters already. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all good. I mean, you're just a big, a big bundle of knowledge, man. We appreciate you so much. Um, so anything else on the Jesuits? I mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm totally loving this. Uh, we're getting into some prophecy. We're getting into them the building the Babylon. Uh, man, so interesting. Uh, so as we went through time, also guys, just to let you guys know they, uh, they were kicked out of, they were expelled out of Germany. They were expelled out of France. They were expelled yep. out of, um, 
out of Japan. Like no Catholics at all could be in Japan at one time where they said no, none of them. Um, do you believe that they were involved in a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of rumors that the Jesuits poisoned like James Monroe, uh, poisoned, uh, you know, some of these presidents that, um, you know, Alexander, uh, Alexander, the first of Russia, I guess he felt he was poisoned. He felt like the Jesuits got him. Um, we went through a whole Jesuit timeline before where we talked about a lot of this. Um, Napoleon also, they say that maybe the Jesuits poisoned Napoleon as well. I mean, do you believe in any of that? Well, no, Napoleon wasn't bloodline. Okay. Right. So if they, if, if, so he would always be exposed, but you know, the trouble is, is you have, I mean, the Jesuits are also part of working with um, secret societies and with spy agencies. They've got a lot of, you know, connections there, but if I was going to assign more of those types of things, I mm. would assign it to the Knights of St. John. Okay. So it's just part of the sect, but it's not the actual Jesuits, but it's it's probably it, part of the... Yes, um, and they have their own own agenda that they're working with. And, okay. you know, and the, and, and the Knights of St. John are especially uh, sort of referenced as helping to form the CIA, for example, right? Okay. Uh, so... I think, I think there's some involvement and there's some crossover there because again, with all of these organizations, there's some rivalries, there's some tension here and there, and it's all, it, you know, you have to follow oh, the power. Okay. Knights of St. John is the, is the, is the Knights Hospitaller. Is that what that is? It is. Okay. Yeah. Or the Knights of Malta, about... Knights of Rhodes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, guys. So if you guys want to look it up, look up the Knights of Hospitality, because I was going to ask you about that, but you're saying Knights of St. John. That's what you're... Yes. And they're named, and, and they're actually created yeah. before the Templars in about 1040 as, yeah. as the Knights of St. John. And it's named after John the Baptist, but oh, okay. not as you understand John the Baptist from the Bible, although yes. he's based on the Bible. But again, they draft Jesus, the Gnostics and the secret societies, as being an Essene. An ascended master, right? Yes. And a, yes. And, and like a how Buddha would be, yeah. Yeah, like, like the Buddha would be, or uh, any of those, you know, Muhammad probably. I don't know if they think of Muhammad that way, but yeah. just an ascended so, master. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they look at him as being polytheist. And the Christian version of John the Baptist is all fake history, is, is, okay. as they would put it. And so he's a very, very important figure, you know, as a prophet, um, and really very much admired by the Knights Templar as well. But okay. he is, but the Knights of St. John is formed in about 1040, and they take the white cross, right? And yep. that's why it's important yep. and understand their influence in Switzerland, where although the banking kind of ended up at and why the, you know, the white cross is on the Swiss flag. You connected a lot of dots, man, on this show. Thank you so much. Cause I was going to ask you about the Knights Hospitaller. I don't know how to say it. I guess I'm probably butchering yep. that. I'm saying. Hospitaller. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. You already talked about that, man. Knights of Malta. I was going to ask you about that. You already talked about that. Yep. Uh, you connected a lot of dots with Switzerland, the banking, you know, um, that's interesting. Um, do you know like how many members were in the Jesuits at like at, at, at any given time? Like, do you know how many members? I I don't know if, if you can even answer that, but I, how many members are actually involved? And are there some like warrior type 
figures in the Jesuits that are like, they can actually go to battle and, and fight really well or shoot really well, or is it more of like all mentally, uh, you know, they're formed uh, like a, they're formed like a knight order, but they never really took up that aspect of it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and again, I think that's because it was sort of left in the realm of the Knights of St. John. Okay. Um, and in terms of they were a military of, order, right? Knights of St. John's military yep. order. Absolutely, okay. they were a military order, just as, as the Templars were. And, okay. you know, you've got, you know, also at that time of those great knight orders, you've got the Teutonic order, right? It's just yeah. sort of part of that with the Black Cross. And so watch for that, that uh, Maltese type of cross as okay. one of those links. And there's another one, the Knights of the Sepulchre. Um, okay. And they all had specific functions for their creation, all, creation, all created by bloodline Gnostics. Yeah. Um, but to be able to function with this veneer of credibility and, and secrecy underneath. So, and it's the same yeah. order that, that that's in, in, that's in play today. So, you know, the, the, the Jesuits are, um, they've, they've been involved with a lot of horrible things. There's no doubt about it. That's why they were disbanded. I mean, yes. I mean, they were getting so powerful, like they went rogue. But that's yeah. how powerful the bloodlines are. They got yeah. together and they said, no, this is out of control. Yeah. And it's done. <laughs> yeah. That's why and, everybody, that's why some people have this, like, if, if you listen to some people that are like, I mean, they're like, there's, they know a lot, you know, like, uh, you know, Jordan Maxwell, for example. I mean, he, he's, he's got a, a, yeah. a pretty good, uh, you know, uh, in depth on the Jesuits, but he'll, they'll, that's what they'll say stuff like the Jesuits did it or the Jesuits run everything. Or there's some people that always say like all roads lead back to Rome which you could kind of say for now, now that we're thinking that there may be the Babylon, you know, mm -hmm. I guess they would certainly a possibility yeah, that they will yeah. be Rome, but different than what everybody's kind of in, sort of anticipating though. So, yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, so what we need to do is continue to watch. I mean, the Vatican has control over the Medjugorje sites now uh -huh. and they're mm -hmm. fully operating out of there. And again, it's that natural sort of merger of that merry apparition type of societies. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing more and more merry apparitions around the world. Um, what's you know, a merry apparition? Can you, can you explain that real quick before we... Uh, what's well, an apparition, it's where people say they see the Virgin Mary. Sometimes there's okay. a large number of them sitting in the sky. And okay, typically okay. described as... The woman is described in Revelation 12. So look okay. at that as the dovetail for credibility over this, even though that takes the Bible totally out of context for what's being talked about in Revelation yeah. 12. But that okay. is the exact descriptions that people provide for the apparition. And it's just like if you go and try to talk to your relative, like your Aunt Mary and a demon's talking to you in Aunt Mary's voice. Yeah. Like what they're seeing is not Mary. They're seeing a demon. Yes. A goddess. Thousands of people yeah. see this stuff, though, John. They're saying that thousands and thousands of people see these operations. Yeah. Which it could, because a, yeah. a demon could come at you, and, and they could they could do that. They could come in the form right. of. That's why, that's why it's so powerful. That, that's why they, like he said, it's 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 they uh, they got control of some things because these apparitions that people started believing. Supernatural, something supernatural happens. That's where you get that. That's where you get that. Uh, uh, what is that? Our Lady of Guadalupe type of type of story. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and or oh, the, appar mythology. the apparition of Joan of Arc that was led yeah. by, right? Yes. And it's yeah. it's all part of the same um, wow. ongoing sort of deception. 
But also understand, though, that when this universal religion comes, this is a polytheist dualistic religion, also represented with the male god and the female goddess. Yeah. So you're going to have that duality come back. And that's part of what I think the the Mary apparition will do. And she's also, you know, calling herself, you know, the, the, you know, the mother of God. Yeah. Queen of heaven. Yeah. yeah. So just as mother goddesses were mothers of gods, of offspring gods, and in some cases were mothers in polytheism of producing giants as well. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So when you, when you, when you see that imagery that was overlaid onto Catholicism of the Isis and the baby Horus. Yes. Yes. Or you start to, you, and Nimrod, basically, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. A kind of the same thing, you know, with our Tammuz. Tammuz would be like the, and then, you know, the 40 days of Lent or like, you know, all that stuff is all from, from you could either say Isis Horus or you could say Nimrod, uh, Simeranus and, and Tammuz. Because yep. they're all the same religion, just they need different it. vernacular people, names. Yep. Yeah, people that are Catholic, I mean, if you're listening right now, we're not trying to, we're not trying to disrespect you. We're not saying you're not going to heaven. This is just stuff that you need to study. You need to study Nimrod and study all this stuff. Study about idols and everything, you know. And then, and then, look at your, study you know? where your traditions came from. Study where yeah, your traditions traditions came from. They're not biblical. They never were. And then you'll see that. Okay, well, that's okay. Just go. Then. What it's- I what what I would encourage is you know for people of of, of Catholicism is be Berean, be a uh-huh. contrarian, verify everything. That's yes. being taught and talked about. And, yeah, exactly. That's 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 God. your that's your protection, because yeah. you're not you're not going to get accurate prehistory. You're not going to get prophecy, and you're going to see all sorts of other things that sort of pop up that you mm. know doesn't make a lot of sense. And that also goes on in a lot of Protestant churches. So it's for all mm. Christians to. For sure, you see a Christmas tree up there at the, you know at the altar with uh, a. Yeah. With the, with the christian also and then on december 25th they're saying it's jesus's birthday so i mean our pastors are doing the same thing guys so yeah, uh, yeah. our pastors are doing the same thing you know i i don't even go to church during christmas now because i mean i love hearing about the birth of jesus hey but jesus never said to celebrate his birthday or anything like that so um just get out just get out of the religion game totally just jump <laughs> religion totally there's no such well, thing. and there's is, is not what you want to be a part of it's well I, and there's there's a reason that in um the revelation prophecies of john that before the destruction of babylon people are instructed in that prophecy to come out of babylon yeah 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 interesting stuff so all right we're gonna end this uh because uh we're at 450 now and, I, and my kids are crying upstairs oh just just let the audience know i just got over covid okay guys my <laughs> wife is pregnant right now with covid we're just kind of it's kind of a a, a tough flu okay guys it's, it's 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 just you know you get body aches uh you're sick but please please pray for my wife and my daughter my daughter's you know she, she has a, a real bad cough right now um, but I, I survived. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but we'd, we'll definitely want to end this in prayer. Anything else you want to say, Gary? First off, let me tell my audience something. Get this book. It's very thick. Okay. It's a lot of knowledge to gain, you know, and, and you can gain a lot of knowledge from listening to every podcast that Gary Wayne's been on, but please get this book, Genesis six conspiracy. Okay, guys, 
Gary's taking his time out, been on our show three times. I should buy the book three times. That way he, he gets paid for that. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so if you want to get a hold of me, go to my website, the Genesis six conspiracy.com. That's Genesis six with the number six conspiracy.com. And on there, there's a contact the author. So if you want a document on, on the Jesuits, I've got that. Um, and, or maybe some of the other topics that I might talk about. Uh, if I got a document, I'll send it to you. I do it at no charge. You don't have to have bought my book. If you want to uh, learn more about my book, I've got a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters. So you get a good feel for the book or not. I've got my new purchase pages set up and they work way better. And so far, I'm not having issues with attacks on my website. It took a long time to get that thing straightened out. And I also have an overseas page if people want to get a signed copy. So you can buy it in Canada, you can buy it in the U.S., or you can buy it overseas. I got three separate pages there for it. You can also link over to Kindle to get the Kindle version, or you can link over to Amazon.com, um, Amazon.ca, or BarnesandNoble.com as well if you want to purchase it there. But if you want a signed copy, or if you want it customized on the signing, you just get get a hold of me and uh, do the purchase page, and it, it'll 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 happen. Perfect. And Jason, anything you want to say to the audience before we end? Hey man, just. Uh... Keep up on your Bible. Keep your faith up. Stay healthy, everybody out there. Um, and stay praying, you know, stay, keep, just stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Keep, the prayer is very powerful at these times right now. So stay in prayer. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are getting, that are getting sick. A lot of people that have been, uh, that lost a lot of loved ones these last couple of months. So I just feel uh, we should say a prayer for them too. You know, it's, it's okay. A- All right. Uh, Father Amen. God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for a clear connection. Thank you for giving us uh, the knowledge from Gary and blessing him with all this knowledge to uh, be able to teach us. Uh, Lord, uh, I know that there's evil working behind the scenes, you know, the Jesuits, the Illuminati, but we know that you win in the end. And that's the, that's the thing that we love. You know, I just want to pray for people that have lost loved ones, uh, people that are going through COVID and all this stuff. Um, Guys, it, it, it is here, you know, but um, God, God is here for you guys. So um, please put your healing hand on all those family members that have lost loved ones. Uh, I, you know, of one Lord that's in my life right now that just uh, a friend of mine that just lost a loved one. Please put your healing hand over him. I don't want to say any names, uh, but you know who it is, Lord. Please help him uh, and his family. Thank you so much for everything, Lord, for everything you do for us. We really appreciate you in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Gary, once again, thank you for taking your time out and just breaking everything down. Like you keep opening new doors for me every time you're on my podcast. And um, it's really awesome. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I think we (laughs) talked about a few things today that uh, people will be thinking about. For sure. I'm going to be thinking about too. I'm going to re-listen to this. so I can look up all these families you're talking about. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you, Jason. Thank you guys. You guys have a night and uh, good night and thank you for everything.